Hi everyone, I'm Lucas Mack and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today, I am honored to have on my guest. An interesting story, I guess you could say, is I actually was thinking about having him on and then a friend texted me the very next morning and said, I think this person would be great to have on your show. Who am I speaking about? None other than Randy Smelling. He is now become a life coach, an entrepreneur, but more importantly, he's a husband, he's a father, and he's someone that's making a massive impact in the world through his content and his ways of being. And you might recognize his name from growing up in a very famous family and being a, I guess, childhood or teen actor on um, some very popular shows, including 90210. And now I'm honored to have him on. Randy, thank you so much for joining the the Golden Rule Revolution. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so excited to be here. So, brother, I know we were talking earlier before we started recording. You know, most people, you know, when you're in it, when you grow up in your life, it's your life, man. That's all you know. But for people that look on the outside, it seems like this untouchable world or and it almost, in a way, I think when people compare lives, it kind of dehumanizes someone else. It's like, oh, you're not human. You, you must have had some amazing experience, but you know, you're human and you grew up in this world. What was life like growing up for you in a world where you were surrounded by lights, camera, and action you know, all the time? Um, somewhat normal. <laughs> you know, this is what I was telling you um, earlier is it's hard to look at my life and say, well, why is that interesting? because I've lived it and I'm in it. And, you know, oftentimes I look at my life right now and I say, well, my, my life is actually relatively boring. <laughs> you know, I'm a father and I'm in my office and I'm working and I'm shooting content, but it, you know, I'm not jet setting all over the place. I'm, I might fly to clients and work with them and then come back and, you know, do life here. Hmm. But life when I was growing up, it was, it felt a little I felt the duality, right? I, I, I knew that it was somewhat different. I mean, I could understand that by the way that kids would ask questions at school or when we were out, people would come up to the table and talk to my father. Mm. So I had an idea, but you know, as a child, there's very little context for that to make right. sense. Right. So I looked at it as, oh, great, people come to the table and say hi, and my dad signs an autograph, and it's nice, and that person has a twinkle in their eye, and they go away. What a cool point of connection. Mm. The confusing part was this. I was just very empathic, sensitive Mm. as a kid. I guess I still am. Um, (laughs) You like how I say, as a kid, I was was really like that, right? But I'm tough now. (laughs) but I I was, and what was harder for me was feeling things and seeing things that weren't being talked about. So kind of confusing that the idea is so much brings everything, right? Mm. Big house, lots of money, uh, people coming over that were stars, celebrities, you know, people looked up to, and yet I would feel what they were feeling and, They weren't necessarily happier than anybody else. As a matter of fact, 
some of the people would be rather miserable. Mm. And so it was just confusing to me to navigate this external world when I existed in an internal reality, mm. how to bridge that gap. And, you know, I, I don't know if you can relate to this, but being a, a boy, a young boy who was probably more emotional than, than most was also tricky to navigate. You know, a girl broke up with me in second grade and I'd have a box of tissues crying all afternoon. Like I felt it so strongly. Yeah, yeah. So it was feeling that so strongly and um, figuring out what to do with that, who I am, what makes me happy and being confused because a lot of things, you know, we had a lot of material things yeah. and it was great. I'm not complaining about my childhood. But you know, as well as I do, human beings don't run on eight packs of baseball cards and right. you know, many Christmas <laughs> gifts. I wish that did it all, but yeah. it doesn't. Right. You know, and my parents been, did the best job that they could, yeah. you know, making us happy and living their life. Hmm. Did you feel like you... you started acting was that something that you wanted to do or was that in hindsight more a way to connect to your father and feel like that affirmation was that or was that something like hey i really want to be an actor no i so uh when i was really little every rap party we would go to the end of season party for shows everyone would pinch my little cheeks and go oh you are you going to be an actor <laughs> and my sister was an actor and she's five and a half years older than me and I just, like, she was really good about being in front and, and having attention. And to me, I was cool being in the background. Mm. Like, I don't know if I want to do all that. That, mm. I, that was her thing. Yeah. But I did, I, I said I wanted to be a producer. And mm. so I did want to somewhat follow in my dad's footsteps, partially because I didn't know anything else. Mm. Yeah, it was just that's what you knew. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. If you're on a beach and you see a bunch of giant footprints in the sand, and you look left and you look right, and those are the tracks, sometimes you're going to follow those tracks, and yeah. that's what I did until. And I had a great time acting, um, but at a certain point, it, it didn't bring the uh, fulfillment that I was looking for. Now, I mean, do you look back and? think your soul's journey was to really experience the dichotomy of the material world and all its um, professed uh, virtue and fulfillment. And then no, I mean, you, I, who else, this is, I'm so glad you're on the show. Who else? I can't think of someone who can speak to the dichotomy of I've seen it all. and. There's, yeah. no, there's no soul fulfillment in that. There's never enough. And here you are healing and helping people. And it's a, you have a really beautiful journey on this earth for your unique position. Do you, you. do you look back and see like, oh, this is why? Or do you look at things like that ever? Yeah, I do look at it. And I, this is how I see it. I came from where I came from and lived the life that I have. And I've seen both sides of the coin. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and say money isn't great. Sure. Like I, if I could, I could wave a wand and everyone would have all of their needs taken care of and they could travel wherever they wanted and give their kids whatever they wanted. So I'm not going to sit here and go renounce everything, become a monk, be in a cave and right. don't be attached to money at all. Right. It's too big of a jump mm. for most people. Even for me sometimes, mm. right? I get yeah. caught. Yeah. But what I can say is this, it enables me to go in the room with high net worth individuals, execs of companies, C-suite, people who are making a lot of money and doing well, but they're not fulfilled. So I could work with people you know, at big tech companies and, and uh, people who are doing really well on the outside, but life is missing that aliveness factor. Hmm. But I, what I love about my, my journey, um, I do, I, I, I cherish this part took me a long time to say that, actually. It took a lot of healing to get there. Um, I love that I felt things the way that I did and went through hurts and pains and really felt teetering on the edge of life at many points. Yeah. Because I could, I could talk about it because I've lived it. Mm-hmm. I'm not just someone who goes, hey, I've made this much wealth and you know you see the marketing videos where they get out of the car and they're showing i'm not doing that because i I, i've seen both and i can sit in front of anyone and say i understand what that's like in fact this is what makes us similar and human and people Mm -hmm. want to try and separate you know oh randy grew up wealthy well he doesn't understand of course if you really look into human behavior and human dynamics we're all the same the outside looks different Inside, we're really all the same in some seven version spectrum or another. That's right. Did you, um, what was your healing path? I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, a lot of healing and doing the inner work and I follow your content. I mean, it is clear you have done a lot of work and, um, sometimes, you know, curious, like what you've done, your path or like how, what path you went down besides therapy or was it therapy or was it emotional intelligence training? Or was it like MITT in Los Angeles or one of these, like, um, you know, so what, did, what was your path and why did you, or what was it that caused you to say, now's the time I gotta, I gotta make the jump into a different path. Yeah. Um, living was the catalyst for me. Um, I mean, I was struggling with addiction for years and it got to the point right after my father passed away Mm. in 2006 and my family was in the media a lot. It just felt a little bit like a circus and I had no, I had no sticking point, like no grounding force. And I was a, a hot mess and had been for a little while, but it just got to this culmination where I literally fell to my knees one night. And I said, I'm going to die. Mm. It sounds so dramatic, but I mean, there were times that my heart stopped, that my friend had to beat on my chest. I mean, it was really kind of bad and ugly. And I said, I know that I'm here for more. I feel it. And if it were not for a lot of meditation, metaphysical experiences that I had from the age of 17 to 21 or 22 
I'm convinced that I would have died because I wouldn't have known anything else. Hmm. Right. I wouldn't have had a reference point for it. There's something more. And I feel like I'm here for that. So that was what pulled me through. And I just, I surrendered and I said, anyone who can hear me, hmm. Buddha, Jesus, Allah, dad, I call them pops. I said, help. Cause I can't see. And if I'm not, if I'm meant to live my life like this, take me out. I'm not going to do it, but take me out. If I'm here for more, please get the ball in motion. I need this. Mm. And, you know, a couple weeks later, I uh, checked myself into treatment Beautiful. for the second time. And that was it. I stopped smoking. Um, I stopped doing drugs and drinking. And then I had to look at my life and go, holy shit. <laughs> Who am I? What do I do now? Yeah. How do I talk to a woman? How do I do that? I, I, I just, well, I was confused. I didn't know what to do. Hmm. And I had to rebirth myself in a way of how to function in the world without any armor. Wow. And that's what it felt like. I had no armor and had to deal with all the things that I didn't deal with from, um, you know, childhood growing up, just you know, all of that stuff. And then, yeah, went to, I'd been going to therapy, but when I started taking away the distraction, then I could actually get somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, shortly after I jumped head into um, transpersonal psychology, yeah. um, different forms of meditation, healing, energy touch, um, I w got into a coaching program cause someone suggested, Hey, you'd make a good coach. And I didn't even know what that was back then, you know, looked it up and it checked a lot of boxes. And I said, sure, sign me up. It, they're great people skills, whether I become a coach right. or not. Right. Then I just fell in love with it. Did you have, um, was your, was there any spiritual narrative growing up in your house or, I mean, because now a lot of this work is very spiritual. And I think one of the things I am passionate about bringing to the forefront of narrative, especially with men, is talking about spirituality. I think the the macho man narrative is that age is done. I, I, I declared the days of the macho man is over. Yeah. And I really believe that the spiritual component of specifically the men and the masculine energy um, needs to be talked about. And I, I think it's important for men to talk about spiritual things, not religion, but a spiritual desire. Was there any thread of that in your life growing up or did you really find that in rehab? <coughs> I didn't find it in rehab. I found it before. Hmm. Um, but I will say this, my parents were really somewhat open. So I was born Jewish. Yes. Yeah. I like to say I'm a little bit of everything. <laughs> I'm a spiritual mutt now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was born Jewish and we did celebrate Hanukkah, go to temple once every two years, but we had a Christmas tree and we celebrated Christmas. And my parents wanted to give us the experience mm. of all of it, right? Easter, all of it. So for me, it became, and this is something I, I really thank my parents for, it became about the experience of things mm. and the meaning behind it. Yeah. 
not just what people have done for eons because that's what they've done. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes if you look at our world right now, it's a little bit of a slippery slope. Yeah. You know, so I, I got a chance to update. What do I believe? Let me take some of that because that resonates. Ooh, let me Christianity. I like the golden rule and I like this. Yeah. Right? Let's take some of that yeah. and let's take you know, treat others the way that you want to be treated, you know, uh, be kind to your neighbor, like those things. Yeah. That is kind of a, a part of many religions. Yeah. So, you know, take the dogma out and the, the good human being religion is there. It's how to be a good human being. Yeah. The spiritual side is more of the, how do you connect to your soul, your spirit? how you know you would define that yeah that's beautiful that's really cool i talked about early episodes i define like what am i talking about the golden rule and hillel the elder the rabbi hillel said that which you deem hateful do not do unto others and then 30 years later jesus comes and says do unto others that which you would have them do unto you and i think it's this beautiful dichotomy i say so we're jewish and and, and i study with the a rabbi and he asked me one time he said have you ever seen a bird fly with one wing and i'm like no i haven't he said exactly it takes both wings to create that tension and in the tension there's always lift wow and i'm like man that's beautiful and i i think of the duality of the wings as don't do and do and um when here's here's something that we were talking about beforehand because i i feel i mean loving this conversation and i was loving talking to you early i was like oh my gosh i could talk to this guy for hours <laughs> right yeah and and here's what we were talking about is things in childhood that happen mm. and how do you integrate that how do you carry that with you and just like what you're saying without the the tension there wouldn't be lift That's right i think this is the 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 healer's journey, the healed journey is you kind of have to go through most of the healers, people who are spiritual, but you know, we can get into terminology, but it doesn't matter. Right. 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 We've gone through things and they felt things deeply and they've been hurt by things. Yes. And so without that tension, without knowing what you would not do, mm. you would never come to the conclusion of, I vow that I'm not going to do this. That's so good. That's good. Yeah. And this is what I will do. And this is how I will live. I, um, I gave this TEDx talk and I referenced a buddy of mine. He said, when I look up and I, I'm not sure if the family tree dynamic, I think does the older generation start above or below? I don't know. But I, the, <laughs> what I said on stage was when I look up the family tree, I see nothing but pain. But when I look down the family tree, um, I see nothing. I, I'm excited because I can see the generations. And we talked about in two more generations, our grandchildren, the amazingness, just the incredible humanity that they will get to bring to this world because we stopped the pain. The pain stops with us. And um, that, is, that is, I think, a life worth living is if nothing else, we stopped it. Exactly. Like we drop the hot potato and say, instead of catching another hot potato 
and getting burned saying, wait, why am I even playing this game at all? Right. right. Why, not- why am I in this right. circle catching hot potatoes? Right. That hurts. That's right. It's burning me. Put it down. Mm. Find something to soothe your hands and walk the other way and look for different food to eat. Yeah, that's beautiful. Sometimes it's the game that we're playing is a false premise that we have to play the game at all. That's, that's really important. That, that's that personal empowerment and taking responsibility for our lives. And I, you've talked, I, I mean, following everyone listening, I just encourage you to follow Randy. He's, I mean, you post probably daily. You post a lot. Yeah, which I post almost daily. And um, you, you've, you talk about a lot of things, but I love the, the personal growth aspect of like doing the work and you share sometimes your perspective of your own journey and you share some tips. What are some things that you found helpful as you're in this process right now to better yourself as you're continuing to coach and help others? Uh, it sounds very coachy, <laughs> but there's always a, a depth behind, you know, setting goals and habits. What I'm seeing is people are so frenzied at the moment, mm. this inability to have peace this inability to feel a sense of personal freedom. And there's a glimpse and it's enough of like a dopamine rush to go, I want more of that. But then it's chasing that without having the necessary tools to get it. And then it becomes a source of pain because then there's judgment. Well, other people do this. They write books about it. Why can't I do it? Why is it taking me so long? So one of the things is to... To step out of judgment, period, right? No one wants to be judged Right. It's listening to this. Nobody. There are those few who are going, I don't give a shit if I'm judged. <laughs> well, bring it on. But for the most part, no one likes to be judged. Right. But we do it to ourselves hundreds of times a day. That's right. And... What's another helpful? I, I I keep seeing this vision of the trees that you described. And when I look up, mm. I see nothing but pain. And when I look down, would you say I, I see nothing but healing? Nothing Joy. but Yeah. And bl- like I'm excited because I can see the, the in, in three generations, hundreds of people's lives impacted just by me stopping it. Yes. So here's, here's what I would add to that is the idea of so below as above, or people normally say as above, so below. But in this case, it's the other way around. You create enough below you that is joy, that is freedom, that is excitement, that you feel good in your life and you're happy with yourself. That translates to looking up and not just seeing branches, but maybe there's a gentle wind that comes and gently shakes the tree enough so that you start to see a little patch of blue Mm. or a little ray of sunshine and more and more, you know, they're connected. So the more you create down here, the more space happens up there. That's power that 
I think I'm like I was sharing before we started that that is where I'm at right now is is finally getting to this place of yeah that there's pain above but looking like yeah maybe that blue sky piercing through or opening up is just to acknowledge like oh it's still there but I'm here because that's there and below's there because that's there and I'm here. I mean, it's, it's accepting all of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's not easy and it doesn't happen overnight. And I'm not saying that someone sees that blue sky and all of a sudden sun and rainbows come out and everything changes. But I, I'll tell you this, I've been doing this for 11 to 12 years professionally. And I can tell you that what I see is it's amazing when someone reframes a, a way of seeing something, a perspective, mm-hmm a program that they're still in, even though they don't realize that they're in, Mm. you all of a sudden go, oh, I'm still in the matrix. I'm I'm out of the dream, but I'm still dreaming. I was in a dream within a dream. Mm. And so stepping out of that and looking at what do I want my new program to be and start to program that, that happens with mindset, ways of thinking, uh, ways of speaking to yourself and speaking to others, habits that you have. And and so many people just want to lose weight or exercise and do all the, you know, start a business, all great. But what's the context that you're framing that in? Are you starting a business to make money so life can be easy? A lot of times, it's, it's a dead end motivation. It, it's enough to push through, but it's not emotional enough to create the frequency to push it forward. Hmm. And so looking at the purpose behind losing weight, the purpose behind why you want to start that business, how you want to connect with others, how it makes you feel when you wake up, those are the things that have an energetic resonance that will get the fluids in your body going, you know, the stomach starts churning, the heart starts palpitating a little bit faster. Then there's a frequency that starts to create a map for how to do that. Hmm. How, what's the best way? I know you have a website and what's the best way for people to connect with you and and reach out to you if they want to hire you as a coach or just follow your, your content? Uh, my content is Randy Spelling um, on Instagram. Facebook is Randy Spelling Coaching, and website is Randy Spelling. So <laughs> I kept it simple. Um, and yeah, there's multiple ways to reach out to me. Um, I just today wrote a blog newsletter, you know, just piece that I had to get off my mind. And I was saying this, and I don't profess myself to be a marketer because I'm not Mm. right. If something's not in alignment, I won't say it. I won't do it. But there was this moment where I was writing from my heart saying what I'm watching is people feeling anxious. What I'm watching is people feeling overwhelmed. What I'm watching is people that can't let go of things that are holding them back, Mm. really living the life that they know that they're here to live. You can feel that yearning and just that next level of better, Mm. but not quite there. And plain and simple, stop watching that. 
if you watch that same movie and you watch, it's like a drain pipe. If you watch the water go around in a loop, you're going to go, why can't I get water to my faucet? I just want a shower. I just want some hot water, please. <laughs> and if you start, there has to be a way to turn on the water, right? Get the support, join a group, yeah, go into class, do something different that will put you in a different space. Yes. And it, it changes almost every time. And so I, I get I get frustrated because I get so many people who interact with me on social and you know they're asking me questions and I try and be generous and answer as many people as I can. But there's this real disconnect of seeing something in their life that they're really unhappy with but not taking the leap to actually do something about it and figuring out how maybe it's not working with me, but there's plenty of other people, plenty of other things that you could do. Yeah. That's Podcasts a great, that you can listen to, but do something. That's a great point. It, uh, massive action. It, it, first of all, it takes disrupts the neural pathways. I think some people think, well, I'm going to change myself, but the pathways in the brain, the neurons are firing the same way. So you have to take massive action to, break through that pattern. You have to go sometimes to a rehab to break that pattern or go to an emotional intelligence training. Or um, So that's why I think therapy, it's interesting. Therapy, was it worked for you after you surrendered and you're at that place of like... And it worked to a degree. Well, so. it, what I was going to say, totally, because therapy keeps you in that same neural... You're constantly... Same, thing. same synapses over and over. Here's my story. Here's what happens. Who did what? Yes. And I just would spin and there was no healing. And granted, I know some incredibly talented therapists. So I'm not saying that therapy doesn't work. Right. But for me, my journey was it took me so far enough to then I had to go, okay, what's next? Yes. You know, what's trapped in the body that I need to work out to bring out of the body where I have no words for, but I might need to scream or you know hit or kick or cry or do something but so what's what's in this sort of energetic body that i need to work on what's in my mind what what am i putting in my body all of these things so good i'm so glad we're talking about this i i think it's important it's not about gender specifically but it is a beautiful permission for men to see a man like you to talk about these things because it gives permission for other men to talk about these things. And I think being uh, another uh, podcast that I host is called the vulnerable hero. And I've launched a nonprofit called vulnerable heroes and, and teaching men vulnerability and how I define vulnerability is having the courage to experience love in its purest form. And it's not about me imposing on someone else, anything. It's me taking the mask off and then being the permission for, you to take the mask off and being the permission for the next person to take the mask off. And that ripple effect is so beautiful. So what I love hearing you talk about these things because for the most part, I mean, I love Oprah super souls podcast. I listen to it all the time, but it's a lot of women on that podcast. I mean, there's some incredible men. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But I think it's important for more men to speak up and say, as a man, yeah, I was empath. I, I, I am an empath and I do feel things deeply and I was confused and that confusion caused me to go into my own pain and not, and stay in it as opposed to get context to free myself of it. And, and so I yeah. love hearing you speak about these things. And like I said, following you, um, 
on Instagram has been really awesome and healing for myself just to see you and, and be like, okay, I'm so talking in a gentle manner. That's another thing. You're gentle. And I don't, we don't, I don't want another, you know, I, I'm done with all that stuff. I've, I was raised in it. I don't want it. It doesn't appeal to me. I don't think it solved anything in this world. I think at all it does is cause people's anxiety to kind of go up and that fight or flight mentality versus like, Hey man, we're, we're all in this together. Our souls are all journeying in this path one way or yeah. the other. We, we got to treat each other well and with kindness. And part of that is to heal ourselves so that we can treat each other well. Exactly. And I think we see this play out in the world right now, you know, mm. power moves and how do I gain power? How do I show that I'm right? I'm going to do this to be right. Mm. And we see it divides. Yes. As opposed to saying, I'm feeling scared. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about this. Can we all sit at a table and talk this out? Because I want to hear and understand where you're coming from. doesn't mean I'm going to agree. Right. I want to hear and understand. If I could get 5% closer to an understanding, put, if I could hear it in a way that I understand your side, even though I don't agree with it, mm. I can let down my guard 5% to be more open to possible solutions and understanding. Mm. And, you know, for, for things to really change, I think there has to be more and more and more of that. Yeah, that's beautiful. If you don't mind, talk about, you, you, I think the cathartic um, healing process of kicking the body worker, the, I've not talked to, I've talked a lot about healing on this podcast, but no one's brought that up. And I have gone through an emotional intelligence program where, I mean, you go through, you, you let it rip as if you were back in that and you empower yourself. And I've done a lot of other, a lot of, a lot of different things. I think this is really a cool thing. Share why, or share when you say like scream it out or kick it or, you know, what is it, what does it mean to get things out of the body? Can you explain that? Sure. So, um, I had gone to therapy for years and as I said, I was ready for other things. Um, and I just felt that I was recycling my story and I needed something deeper. And part of what I was feeling intuitively was there were things that were trapped in my body that I didn't have words for, even if it was pre-verbal, right? As a kid, I just, I don't have words for. So my mind is having a hard time bringing things up and this doesn't have to be you know, I, I don't want people to think that there's a, you know, huge amount of trauma in my life. This could be anything emotional. It could be literally, totally. I had to wear these braces on my feet in a crib because I think my feet were not straight or something. Mm. And again, it's my experience. I could want to move and be free, but I was trapped in the crib and couldn't mm. move. Wow. Right? My parents weren't doing anything wrong. Right. Right. But for me, there was something about that that was traumatic. Right. So, you know, there, there were other things, but that's just one small example. Cause I don't want people going, Oh, well, you know, nothing happened to me. It doesn't have to be some huge event. Great point. Some people I say, this is so important and thank you. And I want you to continue with your thought, but that comparison game is the worst because someone could just not have been hugged enough. And that was exactly for them. Exactly. Beat and molested and, and all these things And uh, real quick, I want to share this and hopefully this 
I don't know, you, you like this or I don't know, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. My buddy was a Navy SEAL for 10 years. He medically retired. Um, just an incredible human, sacrificed so much to, for this country and is a beautiful, beautiful soul. He said, if you line every person up on the shoreline of life, the waves hit everyone the same. So it doesn't matter when we compare our traumas, like his trauma, that wave hit him the exact same way the wave hit the person who just wasn't hugged enough. It's a great way of saying it. Isn't that so great way? Because again, this is how people separate themselves is they say, oh, well, there was physical abuse. Right. There was sexual abuse. That didn't happen to me. Yeah. Without realizing this is not even to blame parents. We will do things to our kids unbeknownst to us where they will have to heal from. It doesn't mean that people are walking around broken. It's just, this is the nature of parenting. So when you can grasp that and and accept that and go, okay, I'm just going to do the best I can with the tools that I have. And if I need more tools, I'm going to reach out and find them because I love my kid and I care about them. Beautiful. That's so but good. I love that analogy of the waves because it's so true. Yeah. No, okay. So now that we cleared that, thank okay. you for bringing okay. that up. Yeah. Um, I, when I moved to Portland, I reached out to a somatic therapist. It's called Reikian therapy, not Reiki, hmm. but uh, Wilhelm Reich, which was, uh, I, I believe, was it, it wasn't him and Carl, I believe him and Freud studied in the same, either Freud or, or Carl Jung, but I think it was Freud actually, and they sort of split, they had the same teacher and then split. Freud went psychodynamic therapy, uh, and Wilhelm Reich went to Reikian therapy. And I won't get into the therapy, but the there are a lot of things like this, EMDR, where you follow finger and eye movement. But the idea is getting to a place, maybe you have a visual, maybe you have a memory, maybe you don't. But I grew up wanting to please everybody. Hmm. So I'm sure I did have a tantrum or five, but (laughs) I probably learned that's not good. Like I will not get the love that I want. I will be taken to my room. I will, you know, my parents who I love dearly and want to be with will disappear. And so, you know, there were probably times that I wanted to scream. Or I wanted to be really, really, really sad and let that out, but did it to the extent that I needed. So that gets trapped in the body. All emotions, if you don't have somewhere to go, anger, sadness, it all gets trapped. Right. And this is a way to bring that out. Um, and it was a little scary at first, not because the work is scary, but because I had such a filter on my mouth of what I thought wasn't acceptable. Mm. So as an adult to access, you know, pounding fists and screaming or, you know, crying or whatever, it feels so out of control that I had to work and work and work to actually get there. Mm. And there was no conclusion. It wasn't like I'm healed. Right. After 12 sessions or whatever, I think I, I stopped and moved on. But as you know, on the journey, you go until you're ready for something else. Yeah, and there was enough there. And I moved on to something else. Beautiful. That's so cool. I, I, uh, thanks for sharing your journey and, and doing what you're doing. And um, Thank you for doing what you're doing. 
I'm still, I'm, I'm looking at you. It's, it, this is always wild when you follow someone and now, you know, I get the opportunity to interview so many cool people that I've followed and now I'm looking at you. <laughs> We're talking, obviously having a conversation, but this is, this is real time. This is not, uh, not watching an Instagram video. So I'm watching, you know, I know. Like, Isn't that like, weird when yeah, that happens? I remember watching, um, I followed uh, Melissa Hartwig from Whole30 oh, yeah. for so long, way back when, and all of a sudden I went to an event and they, and I'm not a huge yoga guy. Everyone thinks I am, but I'm, I'm not. And we were doing yoga and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm like a two by four. I can't bend. I'm totally <laughs> self-conscious. Yeah. And I look to my right and it's Melissa Hartwig, who's Miss Bendy Flexi, you know, and I looked at her and she was talking to me and I looked at her and I literally had this moment of, oh my God, I, I follow you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right, it's and it was just so it's weird. weird. Yeah, it's like a glitch. Like, oh wait, this is real. This is, a, you know, this yeah. Is. Thank you, brother. I, I really, I want you to know that, and everyone listening, please can follow Randy. His content's beautiful, and and much, much more. Your voice is only going to grow. I, I do. Oh, I, you. I know it is, because the I think the wave I've, I've shared with some friends, the wave of the. Um, and this is not to indict anyone. This is not, this is not every, every wave serves its own purpose, you know, the, but the wave of like solopreneur, lifestyle entrepreneur, like be successful in these things, I, that crust is coming down and there's this new crust that's happening and it's the crust of what you talk about. What I'm talking about is healing and, and, and purpose and really connecting with what's inside so that, you know, I like so above so as below or as above, so below and as within, so without, you know, and, and this is such a beautiful conversation that I know a lot of people are going to be impacted. So thank you for coming on. You're welcome. I'm so glad um, we could have this conversation and you're doing what you're doing and having this conversation about healing and men talking about this and being vulnerable yeah. and, you know, so many times it's, it's looked at as weakness and it, it, it's such an old program. That's why all of these uh, tech companies, hotel companies, they're bringing in people to teach gratitude, to teach mm. empathy, to teach communication skills. Right. Why? Because that's weakness. They would not spend money on it if they didn't know that there was an ROI directly related. And last thing I'll leave um, you and everyone with is, you know, when you were talking about uh, solopreneur and success and all this and that wave is going down, I do think that that desire is always there for people. Mm. But if you only have two years to live, would you work on spending every day being as free and clear and as happy and present as possible mm. so your life could be as rich and dynamic as it could be? Or would you spend two years hustling and grinding and trying to hit some, you know, some sort of number or idea and there's no wrong answer? Some people might feel strong enough to say, my mission is to start that business. Great. I'm happy that you answered that. But I think you have to ask the question, if you only had two years, what would you spend your time doing? And 
that doesn't mean that you can't do both mm. right now, but it just means which one do you do first? And you always have to find the very next step. For, and for me, I had a, a ad agency with 12 full-time employees. We, so I was a TV reporter and then I started, um, started my marketing agency and I was grinding. I mean, it was very, as far as success goes, it supported my wife and three children and you know, we're doing well, but it never grew past my own emotional state. Yeah, And so I guess I would say to everyone, listen, have the business, but your business will be a lot better is if you work on yourself first so that there are no self limitations to, to the business, to where you can go and take it. Absolutely. Because people separate that again, separation, they separate them and they go, oh, well, I could do this in my business, but my personal life, you know, my relationship or my, this, it shows up. Your personal stuff shows up in your business, how you lead people, the choices that you make, it's there anyway, so you might as well deal with it simultaneously. So good. Brother, thank you for coming on today. Thank you, thanks for having me. What an amazing conversation. Randy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you listening got some nuggets of truth from that to hear his story, to be vulnerable, to open up and share his journey. It's a great model for all of us. And I hope you, my friends, listening, wherever you are and whatever you're going through, know that love is waiting for your soul and your soul is waiting to be free. And it starts with vulnerability. It starts with sharing your story. It it starts like Randy and I did, going and seeking help and saying, I can't go on any further in my own strength the way I've been doing it. I need help and I need support so that I can shift my perspective and change the trajectory of my life. You can do that right now. So as always, thank you for listening to the Golden Rule Revolution where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. For more information on this podcast or myself, go to lucasmack.com. And go to randyspelling.com for more information on Randy. As always, thank you for listening, and I'll look forward to speaking with you on the next episode.